0: You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 266. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Welcome back to the Earn That Body Podcast. This is Kim Eagle, and it's always great to have you here I love to launch the podcast each Monday so that you have this opportunity to hear something inspiring or educate yourself about health, fitness, and nutrition so that you can then put it into play all week long to boost your health or your nutrition to a higher level. So that's why I always like to launch them on the Monday, and no matter when you listen to them during the week, it's just a great way to remind yourself about how to take care of your body. Now, we didn't have an episode last week. I was sort of recovering from everybody's spring breaks, and it's funny because as a owner of a business who has clients all over the world, it's very interesting to see, like, one week, you know, the West Coast has a spring break in the United States, and one week it's the East Coast, and one week it's the Midwest, and everybody has a spring break on a different week. And so I, I find that a lot of people get really behind on the podcast when they're out of town, and so I wanted to give you a week to catch up. So here we are back today. April is upon us, and I'm super excited because, as I keep saying, I'm so ready for that spring weather ahead. And in talking about seasons... Today we're going to talk about seasonal eating, and what is a seasonal diet, is it actually healthier to eat a seasonal diet, and have you even ever heard of a seasonal diet? So we're going to talk about that. Before we get into it, I do want to make sure that you are registered for Strong Body 21 Day Challenge, because it is this month we are starting the Strong Body Challenge. April 18th. So I want to make sure you've got your spot. If you don't, go to the EarnThatBody.com website right there. On top, there's a big square button that says Strong Body Challenge. Join us. It's 21 days of strength training. There are um, short-hit cardio bursts to help you burn the extra calories, core workouts to help you get the six-pack, and everything combined in a fantastic calendar to truly help you put on some muscle before we hit this summer bikini body season all right so it's going to be a great 21 day challenge i highly encourage you to join us in this first round because we do have a private community page on facebook it's really inspiring and lots of people are involved and it really sort of keeps you going to finish all 21 days so definitely join us for that and now we are going to go right into the eagle's eye on health And now, it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about something that came to mind recently. So Eagle's Eye on Health, it could be a nutrition tip, it could be uh, education, it could be news that came up in the health and fitness industry. I do a lot of news for you guys, but today it's going to be more of an inspiration, Because what I realized as I work with so many clients throughout the week and I see see everything across the board, I see people who take incredibly great care of themselves and then I see people who don't take care of themselves at all but really want to and that's why they come to me, they know they have to get their nutrition on track, things like that. And it really hit me recently and I thought about it this way. And so as you listen, I want you to think about this. If you were told as you were growing up, you were going to get one car, right? So say you're growing up, you're given this one car. And with this car you're given, they say to you, look, this is the only car you're ever going to get. If this is the only car you are ever going to get in your lifetime, what would you do differently? Meaning, would you take superb care of it? Would you make sure that you only put the highest level gas into it so that it ran as smoothly as possible? Would you get proper oil changes every X amount of months to make sure that everything was functioning? Would you even take it to the mechanic every, say, six months for a checkup just to make sure that everything is going smoothly? Because sometimes if one little part is about to break, if you take care of it quickly, it prevents the entire engine put from potentially going out, right? So if you were to get one car in your life, would you take care of it impeccably? Okay, now think about it this way. If you were to get one place to live for the rest of your life, say you were granted a home. This is your home. You get it when you're 20 years old. This is it. You're never going to be able to buy another house. This is the house that you are going to live in for the rest of your life. Would you take care of it in any special way, knowing that you can't ever upgrade? You can't ever change no matter what. Would you do things to make sure it was as stable as possible? Would you do things to make sure it was as gorgeous as possible? Maybe. Would you do things to this house to really take care of it, knowing that you're never going to get another one? Like, this has to be the house. The roof has to make it, or you have to take care of the roof throughout the many, many years. Do you fix that shingle that's broken? Do you call someone in to repair things properly so that they don't break down in a bigger way uh, (laughs) as, as things go by? If you were given one house, how would you take care of it differently? So one, one car, one house. Then I asked myself, I was thinking of these things. And then I said, so why is it? Because I honestly feel like if you got one car for the rest of your life, you're like, you're taking care of it. Like you can't afford not to have a car at some point in your life. So if you only got one, I feel like you would go above and beyond to take care of it, right? But then I think about this. You're only going to get one body for the rest of your life, right? That was a gift given to you when you were born. I truly think the human body is the most incredible gift that you will ever get, right? So think about it. If this is the gift you're given, and I can promise you, you're not going to get another body. Are you going to take care of it to the max? Are you going to do everything you can for your body so that it can make it to the end of your life as strong and healthy as possible? Or are you going to sacrifice this body because of work, because you're too tired, because you're constantly busy and you're putting off exercise and you're going to get that nutrition on track another time next year when you retire, Is your body falling apart because you're not giving it 100% care because you think that you can push it off and take care of it later? You can't. You cannot wait till later. So what I'm saying is if we would take care of a car 100% because you know you're not going to get another one or even a home, why don't you give your body that same respect? Because in a sense, it is respect that I'm asking you to give your body. You're not going to get another one. So are you running it into the ground with too much exercise? Do you constantly have hip pain, but you just keep moving past it and you're not going to worry about it now. You'll deal with it another time. Are you coughing all the time and you never see the doctor? Whatever it is, are you taking care of your body to 100% max so that it gets you through your life in a great, healthy, positive way. I don't know, like these thoughts came to me the other day and it made me, it made me wonder why we would give so much attention to potentially saving our car for the rest of our life, but we think and we overlook the fact that our body needs just as much, just as much care, just as much love, just as much work to keep it moving efficiently And as long as you possibly can, even without pain and illness. So just, it just came to me the other day and I wanted to share it with you and see if you are inspired to take care of this one body that you're going to get for the rest of your life. And I'm not talking about, oh, make it super skinny and lose the weight. No, I'm just saying, do you feel in your heart like you take care of this incredible temple that you've been given to your fullest value every single day? Something to think about. All right, enough of that. Let's get back to the topic at hand. Today we are talking about a seasonal diet. Information coming from Healthline, WebMD, a few other sources, but those were the primary ones in talking about how adopting a seasonal diet could make you healthier, or, or maybe not, right? So when it starts to get really hot outside, right, the heat is, the heat index is climbing, and you find yourself like, oh, you really want a slice of tomato or watermelon, maybe, Have you ever realized that maybe that is more than your taste buds just talking? It might be your body's way of telling you that it needs certain nutrients as temperatures start to shift. Now, this is according to Susan Rappaport. She is a nutrition counselor in New York City, and she talks a lot about this theory known as seasonal eating. And the idea goes beyond eating simply the fruits and vegetables that are in season because they're less expensive or even because they taste better. Because she says we should eat what's in season because it is designed to supply our body with exactly what we need when we need it most. So we get certain vitamins and warmth from the sun, so when there is less sun and daylight, it's important for us to eat foods that supplement that actual deficiency, as well as those to keep us warm. And equally, when there is an abundance of sunlight, it's really important that we supplement our bodies with foods that protect us from the sun and even keep us cool or even hydrated, right? So how does seasonal eating actually work? Well, let's, let's look at summer as an example, summer season. So during the warm months, we spend a lot more time outdoors, and we're a lot more active, and we have a lot more daylight hours, right? And so because of all of those things put together, you are likely to sweat a lot more. In turn, nature gives us some of the most hydrating foods of the year during that hot season. That's when we have the watermelon and the berries and the cucumbers as well. These are very rich, abundant hydration foods. And it also gives us foods this time of year with rich sources of carbohydrates, like the peaches and your melons and your corns. Now, in the fall and in the winter, things begin to cool off, right? The colder days and the shorter days. And that is when we generally crave less juicy melons and less salads. Instead, we start to gravitate towards the warming foods. We want things like vegetable soup. We want stews. We want grains and nuts and even avocados. Fall brings us the biggest harvest of apples. Isn't that funny? And that is a fruit filled with fiber and pectin, and that helps us digest those bulkier foods that we're craving for warmth. So it's sort of interesting to start to see how the foods that are available and grow in certain times of year actually are helping your body deal with the change in temperatures and season. Now, there's also the citrus crop, of winter that brings large doses of vitamin C, one of nature's best protectors against the many bacteria and viruses that lurk in the coldest months. So that's super important that you're getting the citrus in in the winter to really sort of boost your vitamin C levels and your immune system. Now, when we eat seasonally, consuming fruits and vegetables at the time that nature gives them to us is when the body benefits the most, becoming stronger and healthier, and some say happier, right? All of these factors can improve balance and possibly even lead to weight loss when you're really thinking about the seasonality of what you're eating. Now, seasonal eating gives us a daily dose of vitamins in its most pure form, it makes us more aware of our body's needs, and it brings our physical and nutritional well-being sort of front and center, if you think about it that way. And when we get what we need, let's face it, we feel better, we feel more energetic, we don't have those slumps in energy as well. Now, does our body need seasonal eating? Like, is, that, is it actually a function that our body absolutely has to have? It's actually quite unclear. Current theories would lead you to believe that it does change, according to a doctor, Dr. Louise Petre. Um, She's a board-certified cardiologist. She's a weight loss and management specialist as well. And she says that there are too many variables involved, including where you live, your age, your current state of health, your weight, your activity level. All of those things contribute to your nutritional needs, no matter what the season is. So it's really hard to sort of research if the seasonality of seasonal eating is going to benefit your body or if the body really needs it. If our needs changed, it might stand a reason that our energy consumption, so how much we eat every day, might also change. But that's not what the research is suggesting at this time. There was a 2015 study, and it found that participants ate about 2,200 calories every day regardless of the season, and likewise, the study's authors said that their findings in terms of intakes of energy, macronutrients, micronutrients, and food groups did not differ between seasons. So basically, the nutrients we eat in the summer are often the same as what we are eating in the winter. But that is sort of less about natural cycles and definitely more about our habits. Because given the opportunity and experience with listening to our body's natural cues, they do say that we would learn to eat seasonally and turn more toward the foods that are available during nature cycles if that was all we had available. But you go into the market in this day and age and you can get foods and produce that's available all year long. Whether it's seasonal Or not, I can get that broccoli all year long. Right? Sometimes you can even get watermelon all year long. Or apples as well. For sure you can. Right? And so because of that we get into these habits of just eating these things all year long. But maybe if they weren't available to you, then you obviously wouldn't have that opportunity to eat that all year long. And then we might find that the natural sources of nutrients from these different seasonal foods has a far greater impact on our actual energy um, levels as well. Now, one thing that is definitely clear is that locally grown seasonal foods are better sources of vitamins and minerals than counterparts grown out of season or grown elsewhere and shipped hundreds or even thousands of miles to that grocery store that you hit every single week. Seasonal foods that are grown locally may have a slightly better nutrient profile since certain nutrients, like vitamin C, can actually become depleted with prolonged storage. So Purchasing in-season locally grown foods may benefit the environment as well because you're going to be decreasing that transportation and fuel needed to get the food even to the store, right? So really definitely very interesting ways of thinking about the foods that come to us, the foods that we pick. Seasonal food is always going to be fresher, right? It's the freshest you can have if you're buying it seasonally. It's tastier. You're definitely going to taste that difference. And I'm fascinated that the more research I did, the more I found that they say seasonal eating, that those foods are actually more nutritious than food consumed out of season. And even though we all love to eat maybe strawberries year-round, the best time to eat them is when they can be purchased directly from a local grower shortly after they're harvested. Seasonal fruits and seasonal vegetables produced on local farms are often the most fresh you can get. And because they don't require that long distance for transportation, you have no idea the foods that you're getting at your market, where most of them even came from, and it's far, far away, not even in this country, for some of the foods that you're buying. Also, unlike out-of-season produce, which is harvested early in order to be shipped and distributed to your local retail store, crops picked at their peak of ripeness are also so much better tasting and full of flavor. And even more than that, studies have shown that fruits and vegetables contain more nutrients when they are allowed to ripen naturally on their parent plant. So these are things you don't even think about when you go to the market and you pick those strawberries. Were they picked way early because they had to ripen over transportation time? These foods that you're picking out of season. They are not being harvested at the right time for the fruit. So there is definitely going to be that taste difference, but it sounds like there's also a major nutrient difference as well because they just sort of hadn't peaked yet for that nutrition, right? Now, foods that are grown and consumed during their appropriate seasons are more nutritionally dense. There was a study monitoring the vitamin C content of broccoli, and it was found that broccoli grown during its peak season, which just so you know, that's fall, had a higher vitamin C content than broccoli grown during the spring. I mean, I think that's fascinating. These are things that nobody ever talks about, right? And when foods are grown out of season... They aren't able to follow their natural growing and ripening rhythms, as we said. And in order for certain fruits and vegetables to be available year-round, sometimes there is post-harvest treatments known as ripening agents that are used on your fruits and vegetables. And these include chemicals and gases and heat processes. Some produce, produce is even coated with an edible film to protect it. And these processes allow foods to be produced basically in mass quantities by slowing the maturation and ripening process. And they also help to protect the produce from things like bacteria and other pathogens on that long journey, not only from the field to the market, but then that transportation that goes for however long it is from depending where your market is getting this produce. And while this process ensures that the farmers can meet the consumer demand year-round, researchers have found that artificially ripened produce is simply not as nutritious and not as tasty as naturally ripened produce. I find it fascinating. I find it fascinating because even me, who, you know, who's been in this nutrition business for, for way too long, It's something that is not talked about really at all. And the only reason that I even started getting more mindful of this type of thing is because I've become such a a fan of being a gardener. And I would think to myself as I'm gardening over the last three years, I've learned so much about the vegetables that I grow. When I first started, I had no idea that I couldn't grow broccoli year-round, right? Or that the melons were only going to be able to be grown in the summertime. And I had no idea that certain produce was maybe not going to grow very well for me here in Texas, but it's going to grow really great for someone on the West Coast because of the different climate aspects, right? And so the more I started to learn and the more I started to grow my own food, I started eating more seasonally because i I really am able to grow at this point, a lot of the vegetables that I eat daily. And I happen to love broccoli. (laughs) So I started to realize, well, isn't it weird that I can only generate and grow broccoli in the cool season months? Because once spring hits here in, in Texas and it starts getting really hot, your broccoli does something called bolting. And what that means is that it starts flowering. So I don't know if you've ever gone to the market and bought broccoli and then you brought it home and you start to notice that the broccoli heads are sort of yellowish and sometimes you even see some little tiny yellow flowers in there. Well, that's that point where the broccoli started what's called bolting, flowering. And at that point, It starts really not tasting as good, and it's sort of the end of the life cycle for your broccoli, and it would go to seed. It would make the seeds that could then potentially drop in the soil for the following season. But then the broccoli season is over, so I don't get to... to make my own broccoli in the hotter months. And I just started then learning how to eat other vegetables that grow more prominently in the summertime. So in summer, that's when we tend to to get the tomatoes growing in the garden and the peppers and the basil. Basil was another thing. I thought, well, can I grow basil year-round? No, because basil is not going to make it in the winter months. It doesn't like the cold. And cilantro doesn't like the heat, but I can have it in the winter time. So what I'm saying is that I started eating seasonally by what my garden had available. And I found it really interesting. And then I started doing all this research to come to find out that it's actually nutritiously better for you to eat it in the right season. And so as a gardener, that's what I'm now able to do. I'm now at the point where I can grow... Almost enough of my vegetables that I don't have to go to the market too often. But that means that I have to eat seasonally. If I want that broccoli uh, in the summer, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I still go to the market and I can get it because you can get everything in the market these days. But now I'm sort of more respectful and more cognizant of the fact that that broccoli from the market in the summer might not really be as nutritious as that broccoli that I'm getting from my garden in the winter. Really, really interesting. Not to mention the fact that, oh, in summer, all the melons are available. They're so hydrating for the body. So not only might they be more nutritious, but they're also intentionally there to help me hydrate. Fascinating. I'm always fascinated with nature, with the human body, and when you really appreciate that it all sort of works in this beautiful way if you just sort of let the natural cycle of nature happen. So that is what seasonal eating is. If you are interested in finding out what's in season, you just sort of have to Google it for your area because definitely where you live is a little more dependent on what is available for each season because my seasons are a little bit different than other places in you know other parts of the world. So what, what we're headed into right now for Texas is our spring season, that's gonna be different than in Australia, right? So you can always Google and see what's seasonal because you might not know, from what's in the market, since everything's available in the market. But the best thing you could do if you want to eat seasonally and you don't garden yourself, the farmers markets are generally bringing you the freshest seasonal produce that they have. They're pulling it right off the farm, right locally, so there's not this long transportation time, and they're giving you what's in season, typically if it's an organic farm. So I do highly recommend, if you want to eat seasonally, You might start getting your produce from the farmer's markets. And that certainly is going to be a way that you can get maximal nutrition and taste and flavor. The things that I get out of the garden have so much more flavor than anything that I ever buy in the market. And I I used to never realize things like that. A perfect example is some of the herbs that I grow. Like when I make my own basil and when I make my cilantro... I used to buy those things in the market, and honestly, I used to think, like, this is a waste, it's like a garnish, like, whatever, I don't really need that. Half the time, I would omit it in the recipe because it just never really brought any flavor because it didn't have any flavor in the markets. And then when I grew it myself in the garden, I couldn't believe the smell that the basil had and the smell that the cilantro had and the flavor. And so that, to me, was really powerful as well. So I could go on and on about how much I love to garden. <laughs> As you know, I do now have a website. It's called Garden2Healthy.com. Garden with the number 2 healthy.com. If you're interested in learning more about gardening and the nutrition of gardening and how to even start gardening, that is something that's sort of becoming a passion project for me. So definitely check out my website and follow me on Instagram at garden to healthy.com because i give just a lot of great nutrition tips and garden tips there as well whether you're a gardener or not i like to also talk about the nutrition of the different vegetables and herbs that i grow so it's still a great follow and i hope that you are inspired to eat seasonally and maybe even check out those farmers markets and let me know i would love to get an email or a post on the social media when we talk about this podcast and and let me know, did you taste anything different? Like, did you go to the farmer's market and give it a try? Did it taste any better? Did it taste more delicious Um, or not? You know, let's, I would love to have that conversation as well. A simple email to kim at earnthatbody.com is always a great way to reach me. And don't forget, team, you do not want to miss the 21-Day Strong Body Challenge. Go to EarnThatBody.com. Get the details so that you are in this group. This first group is always the best. It's always the biggest because we have that private support group on Facebook. I only do that one time when I launch a program. So I hope that you can join us. And just remember, the Earn That Body podcast is always here to bring you fitness, nutrition, and health information you can put into play